52 Traders, episode 135. You gotta roll the dice, right? But you have to roll the dice when the probabilities are at your favor. Join Cam every week on the 52 Traders podcast or at 52traders.com to learn how to trade like the pros. This podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is not investment, trading, or financial advice of any kind. What's up traders, welcome to another installment of the 52 Traders Podcast. I'm your host Cam Hawkins and today I'm going to give you my March 2018 update. Now this is where I update you guys on where my trading's at and some other things that have been going on in my life here. It's been four months since my last one so there is a bit, but it's not just going to be that. There is going to be education in here for you guys as well, trading education. I've got my mentor back on, Andre Stewart, who's going to... Not help me this time, but we, we we made the call out to a couple, well, to a few, to everyone, really, to all listeners out there. We made the call out and said, hey, look, if you want to get your trading diagnosed, come on the show, be recorded, be on video, then let me know and we will get you in front of Andre to do a diagnosis. Now, you're going to hear the diagnosis that we did with two traders from the States, uh, Earlier this week, actually no, it was last week, we did this last week, we've got it on video, we're sharing screens, we're looking at their charts, we're looking at um, Andre's charts, We've, we're diagnosing what their issues are at the moment and trust me guys, you're going to learn some stuff in the show, you're going to learn a lot of things, probably way too much than you should learn uh, in a show like this which is completely free so you guys can listen to this one completely free, pro members, you're going to get to go onto the site and have a look at the video and see the charts and see um, us having a chat there and see me sitting there in, the, in, my, in, my, in, my, in my house. See Andre, see uh, James and see Dewey who came on to, for the show. So guys, um, it's going to be fantastic. I'm looking forward to getting into revealing where my training got to and what I've been up to in the, fourth, uh, the last four months. So let's get into that now. Now, first thing is, so I spent quite a bit of that four months in overseas. So I was in Australia for three weeks and then up in Auckland for uh, a, a week. And we were showing family around from the UK. We are over in Australia with uh, friends of ours and, and family from the UK. Had a wonderful time. The weather was great. I've mentioned it on the show before. What I hadn't mentioned is, oh, I, I might have mentioned it. I can't really remember. But what I what I don't think I've mentioned is the fact that the two major sort of takeaways from that were, or experiences that I remember that were like just sort of stick with me for life was one, running into a, a six-foot snake. And the second one was having a close encounter with what I thought was a shark. Uh, the the six-foot snake one I've got a video of, and I'm going to chuck that up on the, on the site. So guys, jump on there. You can have a look at that video of me having a close encounter with a six-foot snake, and it's not in a zoo or anything, it's just a wild snake that was just sort of floating around on the um, on the bush there. And uh, and the other one was this uh, this close encounter with a shark, and it all started off with me being up in an uh, apartment, beautiful apartment that my uh, brother's mother-in-law has that looks over the Gold Coast. And uh, you can see the sea, we're sitting there having lunch, and I'm like, what's that black thing in the water there floating around? And the sister-in-law goes, hang on a th- sec, that looks like a shark. And it's like, really? She goes, yeah, apparently there was one here a few weeks ago. So um, it could be back or, you know, and it's not. It's definitely not a dolphin because it's swimming by itself. And anyway, we watched it for a bit, about three or four minutes, and it disappeared. And we had our lunch, then went out for a swim, 
right where we'd seen the shark and uh and swimming around actually I was learning to surf, so I learned to surf. Um, my my um, nephew, he was learning to surf as well. I had a boogie board out there and do, catching some waves, and it was a lovely day, great time. And I sort of kept looking out into the sea, thinking, hang on a sec, what's, you know, is this shark going to reappear? Then all of a sudden, these helicopters started coming and circling us. And the sister-in-law's going, guys, this is not a good sign. <laughs> There's something seriously wrong here if we've had three helicopters come and circle us. And we've got a massive, you know, you're talking about a humongous stretch of beach. And they come, circle us, and then off they go. So anyway, I'm standing there waiting for the waves to come in and catch one. And all of a sudden, I see this big, dark thing coming through a wave. And I'm like, shark, shark, shouting to the other guys. There's only about four, four of us in the water. And we all look, or they all look, and they start towing it in, and I'm towing it in, trying to, and I was probably about waist deep, if not a bit more, catching a wave in, getting as as close to shore as possible, and then I look around again, and like, the adrenaline's going, the brother is like standing there, just looking at me like, what are you on about? And I'm like, what, what, why are you not moving? He's like, it's a dolphin, you muppet. And... Sure enough, this thing comes zooming towards me, and literally, it was within a meter of me. I could, there's no way I could have got out of the way. Meter of me chasing a fish. This dolphin hits the shoreline, literally goes almost beaches itself, spins around, chases the fish back out. After like chasing the fish, coming straight towards me again. I've got my hand in the water trying to touch the thing, and um, away it goes. But it was a very dark dolphin with a funny fin that had like you know been bitten to to buggery. So it looked like a shark. That's my shark story, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, I'll tell you what, the adrenaline went up through the roof. It was great fun. I did manage to get up on a surfboard for the first time as well, so really happy with that. Now, so that's my sort of highlight from the Australian trip. The other thing I did try and, I, I have mentioned the show, and I did try and do was to catch up with some of you 52 Trader listeners, and I only managed to catch up with one of you because I got a throat infection, and I... And on top of that, it was Christmas, and it was just very awkward trying to get the time to to catch up with people when I had family over there, and we had events and things to do. And then the throat infection hit, and I was pretty much sort of grounded for about four days. And but I did manage to catch up with uh, one guy. So Chris, thanks for coming up and uh, meeting me. It was fantastic having a chat to another trader and um, and seeing you face to face because I know we'd had a chat before on Skype. So um, hey, lovely time there that night. And next time, I'm going to make sure we do this big and get a whole bunch of you guys along and really do it properly. So, that was my Australian adventure. During that time, I was studying like buggery, alright? So, I was watching videos pretty much every day, um, learning new things that I hadn't been uh, exposed to before. And I suppose I came away from the whole holiday with a whole bunch of knowledge, new knowledge that I hadn't had in 2017, stuff that I wanted to apply to a system, stuff that I wanted to um, take me forward in my trading this year. Now, that was compounded by even more knowledge that I got when I got back home, and even more knowledge that I got uh, after that, and I, I found myself in information overload, and I wasn't filtering any of it, and primarily because I didn't have a way to I didn't have something that I was happy with that I knew worked and therefore I couldn't filter this new stuff. So the new stuff came and I was like, oh, well, that 
that in theory should work. And so I'm going to add this and add that. And, and next thing you know, I, I had about 50 million things going on that I had no real strategy and no nothing I was really looking for in the market other than just trying to get in. And I could find a way to get in as soon as I opened the chart up. A couple of lines drawn, bang, I'm in. And then that wasn't a good place to be because I could see from the account statement it wasn't going in the right direction. And, uh, and I knew that something had to change. And I ended up going all the way back to the grassroots and I said, right, I've got to stop this. I've got to filter everything back down to something I know is valid. And so I did, and it was supply and demand. I went all the way back to the roots of supply and demand and just started off with a very simple strategy. And funnily enough, that strategy did work well, but I just wasn't happy with it. I wasn't happy with uh, the return that I, that I, sorry, the number of opportunities that it would, would um, give me, the return that it would, uh, it would yield. I just wasn't happy with the way that the strategy worked. And... The other thing was, I suppose I, 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 you know, I did backtest it, which was good, but I probably didn't backtest it enough to know all the ins and outs of this. And I think that's one of the key things, especially with these uh, discretionary systems, where you do need to do the manual backtesting because you can't automate it because it's it's too hard to automate some of the things, especially drawing trend lines in a specific way on a chart or drawing boxes in a specific way on a chart. Um, very hard to do if you're going to try and automate it. So it's, it's very much at your discretion as to where you draw these. So where did I end up? Basically, I sort of gave up on that strategy after the first loss. I and mean, I had a couple of good wins, really good wins, and then I gave up on it and then started moving to another one. So the strategy hopping stopped being more of a uh, of a like... Uh, I'm now going to go and search for another strategy. I already knew what the other strategies were. I just, I just went applying them. I just filtered it down to one strategy. Okay, so, um, and the strategy was pretty simple. I'll tell you how it worked. And look, I mean, if you guys want to look into it, then by all means do. So it was, uh, it was basically drawing zones, right? So if you don't know how to draw zones, I'm sure you can um, check out one of one of Andre's older videos up there in the pro members membership. Um, he's got videos in there where he talks about uh, some of the zones that he used to draw. Or well, listen to his episode in episode 88. I think he talks about the zones there. Now, I was drawing zones in a specific way. And as soon as price would go into the zones, and I only look on a 30 minute chart, I'd be looking for literally the, the wicks of the candles to be one higher or lower than the other. And if that happened on a 30-minute chart and then there was enough room to the next zone to make it a, a risk-to-reward trade of more than one-to-one, -one, and I'll, I'll, put a, I'll put a chart up there uh, to show you guys in the show notes what this looks like. And I would, if there was enough risk-to-reward in there, I'd take the trade on the 30-minute chart and wait until it got to 50% of the way through that zone and then exit. And I found that that was a pretty good edge because the risk to reward was more than one to one and the stop loss wasn't too big. And then uh, more, than, more often than not, it would hit the take profit. Now, what I struggled with was trying to find enough opportunities there to get into the market where this risk to reward was, was, uh, was on my, in my favor. And so what I started doing was going, well, I want more opportunities. So I want to trade more. I don't want to have to wait like two, three days or, or whatever it was um, or go through multiple, multiple currency pairs. 
I want to have more opportunities. So I started looking for quicker ways to enter the trade. And by doing that, I mean, I was increasing the risk, I was reducing the stop, and I was getting stopped out of trades, I was having multiple goes at getting into a trade, all this sort of stuff, and it just wasn't good for my psychology, and I started revenge trading and just, you know, going into meltdowns and and being affected by this, so it was all a learning process, it's a learning process, and I look back on it now and go, okay, well that was part part of the process I needed to go through to then make a major breakthrough in what I was doing and the major breakthrough ironically sorry ironically um, ironic as it sounds was to actually succumb to what I was being taught by Andre and it sounds really weird like you know this guy's taught me so much and all of its stuff that he's using to make money in the markets every single day, uh, on, doesn't matter what time frame he's using, doesn't matter uh, what session you're in, basically you can do it on anything. And for some reason in the back of my mind, I was, I was like, yeah, okay, okay, okay. But I thought I knew better. I thought I knew better for some weird reason and I thought I could come up with a better way to do it. Um, so finally, in the last probably couple of weeks I've got to say in all honesty the last couple of weeks I've drilled down to an approach that I'm happy with and I would even even say the last week actually drilled down to an approach that I'm happy with um, that I've had to really fight to stick with in terms of uh, I feel like you know when I'm going through my back testing it's like or sorry I'm doing the live trading I'm like, oh, maybe it's not going to, maybe this isn't the right strategy, maybe, you know, I, I start second guessing, second guessing, and then I'm like, should I move on, and I have to bring myself back, I have to bring myself back, and that's what I've been doing, and now I'm there, bringing myself back, um, one of the major sort of breakthroughs I, I had the other day was honouring my stops, so that was another thing I wasn't doing, not honouring my stops, so I'm bringing myself back to the same strategy every time, I'm honouring my stops, and that was hard, it was hard, but it meant that when the profits came, the profit I would honour the profits as well because I was honouring the stops, so I had to honour the profits. So by honouring my stops meant that I was no longer afraid of losing, right? I was no longer afraid of losing. And um, I watched a video that I'd been recommended ages ago, and I think it actually was on Andre's show. It was a Mark Douglas video around... Um, actually I don't even know if it was the exact same one but I just searched YouTube and I said Mark Douglas bang I'm going to watch a video on a on a Saturday night of all things um, no one else was at home I'm going to watch that there was nothing on TV and so I watched that video and there was two parts and the second part was um, about the fear of trading it's a great video to watch guys and it was really sort of if you can overcome it was all about overcoming the fear so basically if you can overcome the fear of being wrong and realize that the next trade has a probability of being wrong, and so it could be wrong. You know, you could lose the next trade, and it doesn't matter if you've had a winning streak of, you know, a hundred or one or whatever. It's just the same. The probability is the same. You could lose the next trade. So that sort of rung home, and I'm looking forward to this week to see how how I how I go. And if you guys want to follow along then check out my Instagram because that's where I'm posting stuff, trades that I'm taking and that sort of thing. So you're going to get some insight on there. The other thing that I, I've 
really need to work on is the 80-20 rule, okay? So uh, Octavian mentioned that in his interview, which was, uh, and if you haven't heard that, it's Octavian Gibson, so check that out. So he mentioned it in his interview of spending more time, so 80% of your time testing and studying, and 20% of your time trading, okay? So more time testing and studying and less time trading. So I'm probably 80-20 the other other way around at the moment, and I need to flip that so that I'm spending more time studying and testing. And then the trading, I can dive in there and do spend much less time doing it and looking at the charts and more time in the testing. And, the, and, the, and for me, it's really the back testing and, and making sure that I'm honoring my strategy and getting more and more confident in it. So guys, that's my that's my update for March, really. I don't think there's much more I wanted to talk about. Oh, there was only a, the other couple of things were, I mean, in the, in the group that we've got, we've got Daniel Chung in there, who I also recently interviewed again, and this guy's doing amazingly well. I, every time I see him post, I'm like, I can't believe it. I mean, he's just like 70, 80, 50, 60, 40 pips here, there, and everywhere, and, uh, and he and he does post the odd, um, I think it's like Free Call Friday or something like that. I took it the other week, and like based on the fact that I know this guy is is doing really really well every single week, it's just crazy. Um, I took the call. I thought, okay, this could help me out. You know, just give the account balance a bit of a, a boost. I looked at it against my strategy, and it looked pretty good. And um, I've got to say, it was bang on the money. Bang on the money. Um, I, t- I took profit just before the weekend hit. He's, he's left it running over the weekend. I'm sure he'll hit um, hit his profit target. That went very close to the stop, which was I was very impressed with because, I mean, not very close. I went close-ish to the stop from where I entered. And I was like, oh, well, look, you know, I probably wouldn't have had my stop there. So, look, this guy knows what he's doing. If you want to check more out of Daniel Chung, then go and check his episode out. And he does have a 500 pound off um, coupon that you can use through for 52 traded customers. Um, so if you do want to learn how he does what he does, then go and check that out. It's um, it's a great episode on the DAX. So he trades the DAX and most of the currency pairs as well and other indices. So I think even FTSE and, and Dow and that sort of thing. So guys, check that out. Um, Daniel Chung's episode. I think it's he's got two in there. One from a couple of years ago, oh, that's right, they're both 30 and 130, that's the ones. All right, now, what's new on the site before we get into hearing from Andre? Uh, so we've got broker reviews up there now. So guys, you know, in my trading interviews, I'm interviews with successful traders, I always ask them what broker they use, right? Because I want to know who, who the good guys are using, right? So if, if, you're, if you're a top trader, I want to know what broker you're using, what platform you're using. So I can use the same broker and platform because that's one thing I don't need to think about, right? So what I've done, and I know it's um, it's been locked away there in the podcast for quite some time, very hard to go through and really work out how many how many traders are mentioned uh, TradeStation, how many traders are mentioned uh, Axie Trader. What I've done is I've gone through all the episodes and I've pulled them all out, put them on a table, and now you can see which traders are using which brokers in the table, and I look. I know it's not it's not 100% complete at the moment because some of the traders I know uh, have moved on from the broker that they mentioned in the show, and I don't really want to put those up there. So what I might do is uh, is reach out to these guys and uh, and find out who they're using now, 
um, for sure so that I can get you guys an up-to-date and accurate list that, that makes a lot of sense and is, is useful. So for now, it's just the guys, just more than one trader that has mentioned the broker. So if only one trader has mentioned it, it's not up there, but hey, look, it's worthwhile checking out to make sure that you're with a good broker uh, and not with a broker that's potentially going to rip you off, okay? And, you know, FXEM's up there, but I've made a, war a warning sign that... These guys got banned in the US in 2017, so I'm sure the guys that are using those, uh, that have said they use them in the past, of which two are US-based, probably aren't using them now. So we'll find out who they are using, and I'll get that table updated. Right, the other thing that's up on the site that's new are mini-courses. So I've only got one up there at the moment. It's from Hishu Han, and it's about 20, uh, well, actually nine moving averages that he talks about, and he does a wee presentation there's a couple of downloads he's got his own personal moving average up there that you can get access to uh, there's a bonus interview as well and it's a mini course it goes for about an hour and you can see his charts screen shares it's fascinating what he teaches in there around moving averages what uh, what crossover combinations you should use what numbers you should be using with your moving averages uh, also like <laughs> We go through, I think, nine, but there's probably 27 moving averages in there that um, you probably don't know of and have never never heard of, um, and probably most, most definitely aren't using, but worthwhile checking out. So, guys, mini courses, you can find that under um, products on the site. I have, I'm getting more coming soon, so past guests of the show, this is where they're going to actually teach you detailed things uh, about uh, what they know okay so this is sort of insider information to give you guys an edge uh, so check those out now last but not least things that are coming up we've got uh, webinars coming up so more webinars with traders and I'm going to for pro members so if you're a pro member this is coming up I'm going to set up a chat room for us so guys this is not just going to be any old tra chat room we're going to get some of the trading uh, traders from the show to come in there as well either do Q&A's or post on a regular basis and you guys are going to get access to their information their knowledge on a regular basis so if you're not a pro member it's only five bucks and look join now because once this thing gets up and running this uh, this is this is probably going to be an add-on to the pro membership okay so this is going to be separate to the pro membership but for now it's part of the pro membership so guys you are locked in grandfathered in for life on this um, community when it comes live in the coming weeks okay so stay tuned for that um, it's going to be absolutely fantastic I'm looking forward to it as well right that's enough from me let's get on with this video chat with Andre and James. And Dewey. Now remember, if you're a pro member, jump on the site. The whole video is going to be up there. You're going to see uh, these guys, their charts, what they've got up there, what we're talking about. It might be a little bit difficult in, in some parts of the of the podcast to hear or to picture what they're actually talking about. It's not too bad because I was monitoring it throughout the actual call. But guys, there's a lot of information in here. It's fantastic. If you even if you hear it, you're gonna you're gonna love it. You're gonna take something away. If you want to see the whole video, it's only five bucks. Jump onto the site, 52traders.com, and you can get access to that there. Right, let's get on with this. Actually, I should mention before you get into this 
that if you are looking to have your own trading diagnosed, then Andre's doing this on a regular basis. So you can jump onto there over at uh, chartartisttrading.com. There's a link on 52Traders as well. And uh, you can put your email address in and Andre will be in contact with you to diagnose your trading free of charge. Okay, so guys, if you want um, to get some personal help, get a professional to have a look at what you might be doing wrong, then um, guys, it's worthwhile. It's worth doing. Check it out. Right, let's get into this. All right, folks, so here we are, 52 Traders. We've got a bit of a unique show for you all today. We've got uh, some guys come on here to help get their trading diagnosed by my mentor, Andre Stewart, who's on the show. And uh, we've got two guys here at the moment, Dewey and James. No doubt we're going to get some more. Hopefully we get some more. There might be a couple more that turn up along the way. But we're going to be sharing screens here, and we're going to be seeing exactly um, where they're going wrong and what they can do to, to try and get back on track and Andre's going to help diagnose what their main issues are during this the show so Andre how are things with you no complaints cam house hunting it's a pain oh yes I could imagine I I, I did it for seven years and it was a, an absolute nightmare we ended up building in the end because it was just we couldn't find one that was reasonably priced and That's what we're, if, if I can't if I don't get if I don't get this one I'm looking at and I'm just going to save for another year and build no yeah, um, building was it was brilliant. You know, we're still here. I, I actually did clean the house two days ago with a with a um, spray gun thing. First time I've done it in eight years, <laughs> and, and it was uh, I'm like, man, I should have done this a while ago. But there was cobwebs and mung, uh, fungus and mold and stuff. Yeah, anyway, Ooh. right. So let's. Do you want to tell tell the guys what we're going to try and uh, do today? Yeah, my goal is to give you some kind of value for what you're currently doing. Um, and hopefully give you some information that can steer you in the right direction. Um, what I've found, even in my group, is it's relatively – some people are on, the right, are on the right kind of track, right? And sometimes you just need to add something or in order to really, truly get to the level of trading, trading you want to get. So that's the goal here. Give you guys some value. See where we can get you. Uh, again, questions, ask away, ask away. Um, I'm a big fan of questions. Cam knows. If I see a great trade on, like, let's say, Twitter or something, I'm in that guy's inbox. <laughs> and I'm asking him questions, right? And it's led me, it's literally led me to to find a bunch of, a bunch of great traders. So, um yeah, so that's that's the goal here. I'm gonna start with you, James. Um, so you've been trading for about you said five years, right? Yeah, cool. Uh, what would you say your style of trading is? Is it do you, do you have more of like a supply and demand base, support resistance base, indicator base? What's your what's your style? Yeah, so I stick primarily to price action. Cool. Um, I try to identify if the market overall is trending or ranging, okay. and I go with the trend if I feel like it's trending and if I see a, uh, a trading range that's, that's, that has very prominent tops and bottoms, then I'll fade the tops and bottoms. Um, do me a favor. Go ahead and share your screen and let's get a look. Looks like we've cloned Dewey there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at your platform. It's beautiful. I hate MetaTrader. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't say that out loud, but I do. I legitimately complain about MetaTrader every day, and I'm not really good at <laughs> for Prime Brokerage. So, 
What platform is this? So this is TD Ameritrade's Thinkorswim. Oh, I've been thinking about them. That's good. How is it? It's like I make I make do with it. Like there are definitely features in there that I think MetaTrader might be better, but because they have like free data and everything, I just ended up going with them uh, for now. So yeah, I've thought about them. Um, I, I, I'm I'm I, I'm weird. I walked into a TD Ameritrade and was handling them with questions before I gave them money. And I didn't give them money. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. So go ahead, explain your setup for me. Yeah, so right here on the chart, um, the dotted horizontal lines are actually a trade that I took earlier. I put them on just to, to illustrate where my entry and stop and profit targets are. Um, so if I back up a little bit, um, when I opened up this morning, I saw that we had been in a very tight downtrend here. And so my thought was, okay, so today I'm just looking for short entries. Mm -hmm. um, and I saw that it started basically losing momentum around this part here. Uh, so I started to establish some trend lines. Uh, I threw a horizontal on there just to try and get a feel for it. Okay. Um, I usually just draw lines, and then uh, as the price action continues, I might remove some if they don't. If I feel they're unnecessary. Okay. Once I saw that I had this trend line across the top here, I decided that when there was an approach up to that line again uh, and it began to turn away, that would be my short entry. Uh, so I, I did all this drawing, of, at, I think, around this point, like right before 11 o'clock. Mm -hmm. uh, so when I saw this, let me zoom in a little more here. So when I saw this, uh, these strong bull bars heading to the top, I figured, well, it's either in the middle of a reversal or it's just like being vacuumed right up to the uh, uh, resistance line here and it'll turn down. So because, again, everything had looked pretty bearish, I decided to take an entry right there. Um, so that's my, the gray line is where my entry actually was. Mm -hmm. And then I've been holding myself to a standard risk and profit size just to keep everything consistent. I've been going for 10 pips of risk and 20 pips of profit. Okay. Uh, so this up here is the, where I would be stopped out and here's where I take my profits. Um, as you can see, unfortunately it came very, very, very close to hitting the profit target, but it, it ultimately uh, got stopped out uh, maybe half an hour ago. Okay. I can tell you exactly I can tell you exactly where that trade went wrong. Um, God, you know what? I don't want to sound like a jerk, but I did the exact opposite of you. <laughs> right? yeah. so, and I'm not saying it to say I'm God's gift to trading or anything like that, right? What you want to look at, right, is uh, more or less value, right, where there's areas of nothing but, like, straight turnover. I got low, I'm low, low, wow, long, mm -hmm. literally a little bit above uh, the hammer candle. Uh, uh, no, on the retest. Oh, here? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because that's the low of the day. That, that low right there was the low of the day. And so um, if price rejected, take your, take your chart down to, uh, go to a one-minute chart for me. <laughs> 
Here we go. This is where you get to see the eagle of Andre. I like to trade that one-minute chart. Okay. So you can see when we hit that low, we rejected a bit, right? Yeah. You see your entry line, your middle entry line. Your middle entry line is a perfect, 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 and I mean perfect level to trade into. So if you can for me, drop a horizontal line at that level. At the entry or the? Uh, your entry level where you entered the trade. The, the, oh, that's this dotted line right here. Yep, and I just drop it so we can go to like a higher time frame, like the daily, and analyze that line. Okay, so you want me to keep this line or draw another one? Line or just can you draw one out that will extend across multiple days? Um, I think it's like it, a standard horizontal line. Yeah, it's just a standard horizontal. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's go to a daily or even a four hour. Doesn't matter. You can pick. You see your entry line. You see how price is just like, yeah, I like that price level. I keep coming back to it. Yeah, you see that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your your entry level is value based, right? Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful entry. Um, and then once we reject it, we came all the way back to your entry price, right? Yep. So one thing, be aware of the low of the day and the high of the day. Also, without, without um, trying to sound too, too like I know it all, FX is a very value-based currency. Okay, let me ask you, were you paying attention to the fundamentals today? No. Okay. Um, so you don't know what Trump did today, did you, do you? No. Uh, trade tariffs on um, China, uh, $50 billion, right? Um, and he started speaking and then it, there was a, let me go to my slide group real quick and I can tell you exactly because I was, I, I was trading it and listening to it at the same time. Okay. So as I was watching this, I was looking at the S and P, the Dow and the NASDAQ, they were all moving lower. Um, one statement that he said, right as we were hitting the low of the day, he said, this is the first of many, right? Mm-hmm. And they also said the era of economic surrender is over, right? Indicating some major kind of changes coming. Market doesn't like that. So what does that mean for the dollar? Trade tariffs, the market doesn't know what it is. Can A, confusion. B, um, we're probably going to see a weaker dollar, right? And it just, it just depends on what the trade tariffs are because no one knows exactly what the trade tariffs are going to be. But your line was your entry line was per, a perfect level to trade back up into back into the high of the day. Um, in the room, I was looking at areas of value to trade back into. Um, mainly, I can actually tell you on Euro, I was looking at nope, that's the wrong one. I was looking at and it's not telling me. I took profit around one, two, three, zero. I can't see that. 1.20, looks like a 5. Yeah, 5, 2. All right. Um, it was literally, it's like almost right at your entry, but your entry is a perfect vacuum type level that price is attracted to. Keep in mind, without legitimate volume data, and I'll, I'll go ahead and show you on the chart what I'm looking at, what I was looking at. Without volume data, um, and Forex is kind of freaking scarce, right? You, you, 
we have to get kind of creative and just look at the charted data to really see. If you notice where you have clusters of buildup on your chart, mm-hmm. market's drawn to that level. So, and what most people don't understand is that your strategy, any trading strategy, should, should incorporate two things, three things actually, volume, price, and time, right? So the thing that's probably going to suck about retail brokers and that does suck about retail brokers is you get their volume, right? You, you, yeah. you literally get their volume. You don't get any other kind of reputable volume data. You just, you get, you, you get their volume. Um, but I'm going to highly encourage you to look into my kind of trading style, which is volume profile. Uh, I think then you will you'll see our ebb and flow of the market and you'll see just kind of what I'm talking about, how price is attracted to certain levels. So go ahead, stop sharing your screen. I'll share my screen. Let's see. Hour. Okay. So look for, without having any, indicators on my chart look for this kind of attraction between buyers and sellers so as you're doing this could you tell me like what I, I was like you would ask that question man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry when i get into trading mode dude i i just i, I zone i zone in um, are you kidding me so I, I just got some funny news um Anyway, um, I'm looking at where I see buying and selling activity, right? Market stops here. Mm-hmm. Market stops here. Market stops here, right? This tells me that there's a value in this level for buyers and sellers. Okay. Market stops here. Market stops here. Boom. So is, it, is it mostly you're looking at major tops and bottoms? And- nope. I don't even care about it. I don't even care about major because your major tops and bottoms, there's a misconception I can clear up for you. No okay. volume there, right? There's no value for either buyers and sellers. Remember, the market's a two-way auction, right? Price is always pushing to the less liquid side of the market. So typically, if we're moving up, we're looking for sellers. If we're moving down, we're looking for buyers, and price will continue until it finds what it needs. Or until you see intentional pushing lower, and then these guys let up, which it looks like they let up right here. You get a big relief in price, and then you see more intentional pushing down. Boom, 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 right? Market's trying to let up. Push down, push down, push down, right? Low volume rejection, back to value. Rejects all the way back to value. Pull back, back to value. All right, that's, that's really the ebb and flow of the market. Now that I'm looking at this, this could be... Like right here. So then let's break this down. What do you need to see to enter? Now, don't just blindly fade these levels, right? Big mistake that everybody makes. I'm just going to fade it. It's at resistance. I'm going to, there's a whole, (laughs) there's a whole cluster of the internet talks about buy support, sell resistance. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, if I sold resistance right here, what happened? Right, like right, right. Um, the stuff you see on the internet. So <laughs> <laughs> you want to look 
this is where you gotta you you have to become detective right detective james up in this piece (laughs) (laughs) this is why i i'm on the one minute chart right low volume rejection i'll show you my exact entry actually trading view i'm not paying for you even though i've been thinking about it lately So I marked off the low of the day because we rejected off of it. Mm-hmm. Got down to the one minute. And once we started rejecting, again, I'm not waiting for a candle to close. None of that mess. I'm getting in. And I went in. Like, it was a very aggressive trade setup. And I won't mention how many positions I had on because, yeah, it's, yeah I don't want to scare you guys. so again it's rejecting right what am i looking for i'm looking for a high turnover level to trade back into right here you go right don't get scared off by any of these any of this pullback right just again higher lows higher lows higher lows higher lows i'm not i'm not even a fan of market structure i tell you that much because this right here Mm -hmm. price made a lower high blah blah low volume rejection that's all this is low volume rejection right And then what, what you tend to see is after the low volume rejection, because we had a low here that got eaten up. Perfect. Right back to volume, right? The, that's the main thing I think you should focus on too, is finding also in finding a way to latch onto this, right? So how can you do that? Now, I don't have anything, anything less than the one-minute chart here. Just look for a little trend line break right if you need confirmation me i be, i personally believe the longer you wait the the crappier your price is i almost curse cam i'm proud of myself for refraining there <laughs> so the longer you wait the the, the crappier your price you get so mm-hmm. i'm not a fan of waiting for too much confirmation because I, again i think confirmation in a market in market is is without volume like true real-time volume is you got to roll the dice, right? But you have to roll the dice when the probabilities are at your favor. So let's go to a 30-minute chart. Low of the day. Actually, where's the high of the day? Another question about the low of the day. So at what point did you decide that that was the low and it wasn't going to go lower? It was already in place. Um just because we rejected from it with 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 uh, kind of some fierceness. So the high of the day, one, two, three, eight, eight. One, two, three. Where's my crosshairs? Maybe it's here. One, two, three. Oh, this this is the high of the day. One, two, three. Yeah, this is the high of the day right here. All right. Um so effectively, this from here to here is your daily range. Right? Yeah, you're, you are 100% on the money. We were moving lower, right? But without gauging some kind of value. And the thing with this low volume rejection right here, and I'll show you. I'll just show you my freaking trading setup. I don't care. Um, this low volume rejection for today came in at a high volume level, right? Right at it. Actually, right near it because I have my high volume level at... Two two eight twenty. Two two eight. Uh, what did I? What, what the heck am I doing? 
this is my okay, and that makes sense. This is my high my high volume level right here, and we rejected in kind of a high volume level. What does that mean? That means there's no more there's no value for any shorts beyond this level. So just be be aware of that. And then we just move right back up into volume. And we actually reject it at a high volume level. At so this line was a little off. It was like right here. We reject it here. And then we also reject it at 208. Uh, pip away. Right. And here's the thing. When you have all when you have these high volume levels <clears throat> excuse me, close together, you will consolidate. Like you're going it's an absolute fact. You're going to consolidate. Why are you going to consolidate? Because you have buyers and sellers in the market at the same time trying to trying to tell their story. Here's a myth buster right here. Um there's a guy in a dark room trying to take retail trader stops. No, not at all. Here's the here's why. For example, I trade anywhere between, depending on confidence level, five and twenty lot trades, right? Stack. Like I on a on a normal position, I take three positions. On an aggressive position, um, it gets kind of hectic, right? And it's just all probability. So, whose stop is worth more, my twenty lot trade or a fund that's capable of? 500 or 150 lots right their stop right so where are these guys going to fight they're going to the bigger the bigger fish are going to fight the little funds right knock them out the market and then go in opposite direction our, mm-hmm. our stupid little stops they're money for our brokers right and if you're getting beat booked then okay yeah you're kind of getting screwed um but if you're not being beat booked then you're good to go so myth buster right there but most people don't know why consolidation happens. Consolidation happens because we're stuck between levels of value, right? That's it. Now, let me show you. I'll show you my actual MC4 setup. Hang it on. Doop. And then we go here. And we go here. Did I see MT4? Yep. Okay, volume profile right here. Look at all the high volume levels right here and look at the price action right here's the rejection my entry was right here at right right by this red line and then um this line right here i use median lines or supply and demand lines not zones uh because i'm i'm very specific with what i do um we rejected at this supply line oh yeah so wait would it be supplier demand god i can't even think um, we jumped at this line, back lower, hit the dem- the supply line. This is a supply line, so this is a demand line. Once the demand line broke, we went lower, right? Price pushes to the less liquid side of the market. Low volume rejection. We tested that low volume rejection. We're right back to value. Like right back to value. And so here's my su- wait, supply line. And we're rejecting a bit here, but you can see the movement not as strong. One, because we're getting close to new day. Two, low liquidity, right? But also look for an objective means to get into the market. What do I mean by that? Rule-based, right? I trade literally next to my rules every single day. 
every single day. When I break these rules, I take losses, right? When I keep my rules, I'm, I'm high probability, right? I'm not saying I'm, I'm not 100% because no one in this world is 100%, but I'm high probability when I'm with my, when I'm with my rules. Um, ask me questions. Sure. Um, so on your MT4 screen, mm-hmm. um, you were talking about the uh, supply line mm-hmm. or the whichever one was, was lower. <laughs> it's one of those, right? It's one of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so the, the, the top line uh, was similar to the one that I had drawn. The bottom line, I'm not sure how, like, what informed your drawing of that line. I, it wasn't clear to me. Um, you have to learn how to work inside of a price range. And um, I can't really reveal that here out of respect for my students. But just email me afterwards. Um, Okay. Yeah, um, I teach I teach them how to draw supply and demand lines, right? And again, they're not magic. They are high probability because just of the sheer fact that forex is drawn to volume. And you can see this this line was on my chart like all session, and it's still reactive, right? So that's how you can a find. You have to have some kind of dynamics in your strategy, right? Because the market is very specific. Nothing in the markets, let me stress this, nothing is random. Nothing is random. Um, Oftentimes I trade with a a histogram of of higher time frame volume on, uh, I have it on the, hold on, left, right side of my chart. And, um, you know, I do that because I don't know my left from my right. (laughs) Funny story, I learned how to read upside down. So as a result, I'm dyslexic. So that's why I have to go, okay, which one has the L and which one doesn't? So (laughs) fun facts about Andre today. Um, Every time you see a stopping point, it's a reason for it, right? The market is always trying to move to volume. There's nothing, literally nothing random about it. So, um, without saying too much and even see even if i even if you look up median lines the only thing you'll find on the internet is andrew's pitchfork it's cool but algorithms respond to price ranges not outer barriers that's why you see the low of the day reject right because after the low of the day rejects then there's an algorithmic response to push the market into volume that makes sense so yeah um (laughs) freaking dan dan's messaging me right now but yeah that is that is the key that's one of the keys uh to really to really seeing what's happening and another thing you can do too is five minute chart if you're having some issue with really emphasize with really looking at shorter shorter time frame direction just use Hikanashi candles they're great right um a lot of times i will manage a position with Hikanashi candles right but i can see my low of the day my rejection boom right there right so if, even if you entered here very low drawdown entry but you also get you also kind of get a little bit of confirmation that Hey, this uh, this upper barrier is kind of just busted, right? 
you get a small. And this retest of this line, you're not going to see that on the five-minute chart. You're not going to even see it on a three-minute chart. This is why a lot of times I get on the one-minute and with my very specific levels, and I enter on the one-minute. Why? Because I, if, if I'm reading price right, and I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the only legitimate um, – I'm not a pattern trader, but the only legitimate patterns that I do look for are a drop base drop, rally base rally, rally base drop, those kind of things. Because they're reversal and continuation patterns. But again, um, there are a handful of patterns to look for, like a head and shoulders, because it's it's a lot of times it can tell you, um, <clears throat> excuse me, if we are if we are in reversal or continuation mode, right? So. I just kind of look, I look for that. I look for my reversal and continuation patterns around my supply and demand lines at my high volume levels too, because even at a higher volume level, you guys still see trading view, right? Yep. Drop, base, drop, right? Mm-hmm. Drop, base, drop, retest, drop, right? That's how you know you have a good level. So rally, base, rally, drop, base, rally, right? Rally, base, drop. It's clockwork. Drop, base, rally, drop, blah, blah, blah. You guys get the picture. <laughs> rally, base, drop, right? You, you, you guys get that part. And even here, rally, base, drop, right? No coincidence. There's volume in, the, in these areas. And here's the thing. The more time these volume areas are hit, the weaker they become, unless someone is really just has an intention to keep this lower. So one hit, two hit, third hit of a level, we typically will breach it or break it. Um, that's kind of my rule. One, two, three hits, I won't trade the level. So, yeah. What other questions you got? So so I should be looking for areas of value where there's where price collects a lot, and then when we when we're away from that, we're looking for a return to that level? Is that basically? It depends, right? Um, it depends. You want to look for kind of that, and I'll send you a um, – I'll send you a um, – you're going to have to email me and remind me because I am the king, the absolute king of forgetting stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> I will send you a, a, a document on um, okay. uh, supply and demand patterns. So just, just email. if you don't get it from me, um, I'd say an hour after we got off this webinar, I forgot. Okay. So just email. Don't be afraid because I need the sure. cam will tell you I need the reminder. So just remind me. <laughs> He's been reminding me to do something for two weeks and I forgot, Cam. I forgot. <laughs> Good cool. point, actually. You still haven't done that thing. So. I haven't. I, I know. I'm sorry. I remind you again. All right. Oh, man. So uh, what other questions you got? <clears throat> um, just trying to think through. Uh, What's your biggest hangup right now? Like, what, 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 what trips you up about trading? Um, I would say, like, really trying to decide whether something is trending or ranging. Like the the chart today, for instance. Um, when I was getting into that, that was a uh, like a weak bear trend at that point, and I was trying to get in toward the the top of the uh, the channel. Um, but what trips me up is when it starts transitioning into a range or maybe it's reversing into a bull trend um, and I'm never quite sure where that's going to happen. Um, 
that type of thing, I suppose. I suppose it's just like having more confidence in like, all right, this is this is where I need to enter for sure, or this is just overdone. Got you. Um, the one thing you do better than me is channel, draw channels. Like I, I know for an absolute fact that channels work. I just can't see them. I, I don't know how to draw a channel. Um, but it's, it's good at determining direction, like the, the overall macro direction of, of price in the here and now. The thing, too, is you have to anticipate that, that and again, there, I don't think there's anything like false about it, but a fake out, right? But it's not necessarily a fake out. It's like somebody would have called this a fake out. No, it's not a fake out. It's a low volume rejection, right? Like, oh, my God, engulfing candle, what are people doing? Getting short, right? Not realizing the value and understanding that we trade between values. So what you really need to do is, and to try to make, for me to try to make this as clear as possible, mm-hmm. identify your value levels, right? <clears throat> identify whether you're, again, look at the intentions, right? We're rejecting, we're rejecting, Right. Buyers are getting rejected. Buyers keep getting rejected. There's no coincidence that we're moving lower. Here and now, sell it, rejection, rejection. One last push, rejection, right? Broke this kind of channel line. I did see this channel. My mentor would be proud because <laughs> I literally just emailed him and said, I can't draw channels. And he's a former, he used to work in the hedge fund world too. And he, he, he flat out says, we're in channels most of the time, Andre. I'm like, dude, I can't, I can't see them. <laughs> But he'd be proud of me. Um, again, we break this kind of upper barrier, for lack of better words. This retest, you won't catch it on the um, on the lower time frames, but it's a good entry, right, if you need a ton of confirmation. Um, I didn't need a lot of confirmation just based off of the law of the day. This was like, yep. And as soon as we started moving forward, I just I, I went long, right? But again, because the longer I wait, where do I put my stock? Right. If here and if I reject off here and I'm fairly certain of it, my you probably can't see this risk two to three trade. This is two to three trades per session, five to eight pip stop loss maximum. That's my risk on any trade. And I'm always targeting a minimum of 10, 10 to 20 pips on 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 trade. So define that. And that and that's just because again I've stared at charts and learn until until I literally like almost drove myself mad. <laughs> like literally. <laughs> um and that's how I was able to, to really just define and and refine my risk parameters, right? I went from having the one pip stops to saying, okay, I need to do a little I need to be a little bit more risk averse. And that's why I did started doing five to eight pips. But again, really identify your value and the your your overall, where we're trading in between, we're always trading in between value. Always. We will reject off of no value for one party, right? Price will come up here to value to seek selling. Reject. Boom. Reject. We're still seeking sellers, right? We just, and here's a value line on the one minute. I don't do this often, but I, man, my eyes just see this mess now. Well, what do you know? <laughs> drop base drop <laughs> right just i i'm i'm i like to understand things at the at the 
the lowest level. Like I remember when my very first car broke down, I took the engine apart to figure out how to put it back together. I couldn't put it back together. Uh, <laughs> but that's just me, right? I need to know the why behind everything. Oh, my wife will tell you. She, she's like, oh, we're going here. Why are we going here? Well, why? Well, why? Well, why? Why? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, that's my brain. I would have been like, you're like a three-year-old person, three-year-old yeah, kid. Exactly. They and always Cam, ask Cam why. Has <laughs> Cam has heard this. We'll be on sessions. I'm like, what? Why? What? Why? <laughs> I understand that's me and that's what I need to see. So, again, just, just try to gauge where you see buying and selling turnover. There's turnover right here. And the one advantage that we have is we can simplify our trading with candlesticks. The one disadvantage that we have is we have candlesticks. <laughs> Double-edged sword, right? So just learn how to learn, work on reading, literally reading between the lines. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of myself for that joke. <laughs> can, we, uh, can we get Dewey on here and, um, and yeah. his, his little story? Yeah, let's do that. But James, cool. if you have any further questions, man, just email me, okay? Sure. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Yeah, thanks, James. Dewey. How are you? Yeah, how are you? Doing good. So pull up your screen if you can. Um, I should probably stop sharing mine first. Hold on. There we go. And walk me through what you do. All right. I don't know if my story will be more exciting or less exciting, but it's okay. You see in screen? Yes, sir. So, you know, I, I told you, you know, my, my quest was to kind of just go out there and gather all the information I could. And, you know, I, I, I looked at everything from candlesticks to harmonics to trend to counter trend, um, you know, indicators. I think I've looked at every indicator ever existed, uh, tried to understand how they worked. Yeah. And uh, what my experience has been, every single war, every single one of them work some of the time. Right. So harmonics, eh, they work some of the time. Elliott Wick, eh, it works some of the time. Trend trading, eh, it works some of the time. Uh, support and resistance, it works eh, some of the time. Mm-hmm. And so that was discouraging in the fact that I, I could never, you know, my issues, is I've never found a strategy I'm comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, I found, I can show you that almost any strategy can work some of the time, but you know, if the probabilities aren't significant, if you don't have high probability, then in the end, you just tired of, you know, breaking even. If you're, if you're pretty good, you end up just treading water and that's not worth your time. Right. Right. So, it, you know, it's interesting, you know, I'm very curious to learn more about your strategy. And, again, my exposure to you is, you know, through, through Cam's podcast and was just uh, loved what I heard. It's interesting that as of recently, I, I've adopted some of the principles you've talked about, but I don't know if I have the right setups or feeds or indicators to share that. And that is understanding that there really is value. Mm-hmm. And you've kind of got this chop in this middle. You've got, uh, you know, value at the bottom where there's discounts where you're going to have buyers and you're going to have at the very top of it, you're going to have sellers, right? Mm-hmm. And there's oftentimes right in the middle, you know, that, that there is a lot of chop, a lot of volume, and you've got the buyers and sellers and they're fighting against each other. You know, I looked in the volume at one time, you know, probably six months ago, and I never had anyone explain it to me well or even, you know, even the groups that I said, you know, looked into basically said, hey, there's no central exchange. There's no such thing as really understanding volume and, and uh, like you can do in futures or stocks where they, you know, they can show volume a lot better than you can in Forex. And so I kind of dropped that concept because I thought, well, maybe there's no way to ever really trade volume. 
Mm-hmm. And obviously you, you figured out how that does work and, you know, love to hear more about that. Yeah. But in theory, all I've been able to find, and I've got MT4 here, but I've also got a, a green chart. I've got Sierra chart. I've got Ninja Trader. <laughs> Again, showing you know, I've been all over the world. Yeah. Um, and so I, you know, and I've got all sorts of charts there. I've probably got 100 templates on this that I've tested and back tested. The best I've come up with at this point, you can see my charts here. Mm-hmm. This white line is just the opening price, which I think is always important to know where opening price is. And then I'm looking, as you can see, these, these round dots. This is just an indicator that really shows overbought, oversold. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in this area here, and I'm looking not to necessarily get in because this is a moving target. This is dynamic. So you may get this right here, and it'll just keep on moving. But I'm looking for it to get an extreme, extreme uh, uh, price levels. And then I'm looking for, you know, I've got a couple of moving average indicators here that kind of tell me when to get in. Because that super dot right there, that round double dot, that may appear here, but it doesn't mean to get in. And it may take you all the way to here. So right here, I would take that right there and I would sell. And then I'd let it come all the way down to here, and you see that round dot, and I would get in right here with this, and I would take it up to here. Now, my target's usually this midline. Mm-hmm. And then I would let it go again back all the way up to here. I'd see this is completely overbought. I'm also looking for key levels, and I've never found anything I'm comfortable with this. Here I've got just pivot points. So up here I've got a you know an R1, I've got a super dot, and I got a reversal. So that tells me I've got some pretty good idea that might reverse and that's going to come back down. So these these areas overbought, oversold, you know, I feel that's a premium, there's going to be a sell. Down here it's at a discount, there's going to be buyers. Up here there's a premium, there's going to be a sell. So I've got a lot of good trading principles that I believe in, and I think a lot of them align with what you're teaching, but I don't know if I have the tools at all. I've done a lot of support resistance uh, on, you know, hour, four hour time frames, you know, and I don't know if I've ever figured that out because I think a lot, there's a lot of subjectivity to that. But again, I'm understanding the principles of let's find a high value area where there's going to be sellers. Let's find low hour, low volume uh, value and let's take it up long. And, and that's kind of where I am at this point, trying to find the best tools that can teach me what to do with that. And so, you know, this was a trade I, I did take this morning. Got up to this. I got up to this resistance level. You know, I had a, a clearly uh, 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 clearly over uh, overbought, and I'm just looking for something to be sold. I got in right here and took it to about right there for about 35 minutes. Nice. Okay. And the nice thing about that, again, as well, is I have a good risk to reward. You know, I can put a, a 15 pip you know, uh, stop loss up here and I can take it 30 pips to try and get the, you know, one to one or the two to one even better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like what you, I like what you did there because without even understanding it, low volume rejection volume after. Okay. So if the low volume rejection is going to hold volume will always, 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 always show up. The market's intentions, I should say, will always show up after a low volume rejection. Right. And even at high high volume levels in, in areas of turnover, right? The vision yep. will always show. Now, I think what you need too is a little bit more less 
We got to take less subjectivity out of your trading and more objectivity out of your trading. Which I'd love that. <laughs> I, I, I'm all left brain. I'm 100% left brain. So I don't want patterns. I don't want subjectivity. I don't want analysis. Right. I've got to have much more rules based or I, I get myself in trouble. Yeah, no, that that's me, right? And then, um, you know, I don't look at support and resistance the same anymore. I just look at it as areas of value, right? Right. Um, and again, value can be found horizontally, diagonally, right? And I think a lot of it too is understanding, seeking out the right information, right? Like what are the guys on the inside doing? How are they trading, right? Like you, I have Sierra charts too. I just don't have a means to trade it with the broker, right? Right, right, right. That's why I hate Sierra charts. Freaking annoying. Um, but again, the, the studies on there are really good, but like Delta, right? Market Delta, for instance. Have you studied that at all? None. Okay. Same with Market Delta. Market Delta measures the amount of, of buyers hitting the bid of the ask. Uh, the thing about Delta with Delta, so there's a group of traders that are just pure Market Delta traders, right? Like, oh, yeah, that's volume. You're right. But then there's liquidity. When we're hitting the bid and the ask, we're taking money away from the market, right? So what does the market go do? It has to push to the less liquid side, right? It has to. So the thing with Delta, Delta just simply measures the level of market orders in the market. But what does, what, what is market order going to run into? Limit order, right? Yep. Limit orders add money to the market. So what does that mean? That means that limit order is more important than, that, than, than the market order. Right, so the in in in, in delta trading circles, the, the the theme is positive delta moves higher, negative delta moves lower. It works. I've traded it before. It it legitimately works. But again, when it doesn't work, it's like, oh shit. <laughs> Sorry, Cam. It's like, man, what is uh, what am I doing here? Right. So, um, and that's when we need more objectivity, right? And again, without a tool like Bookmap or just some of the complicated, expensive tools out there, we, we, we don't know where these limit orders are going to come in at. But we kind of do, right? If you look at a chart and you say, oh, we stop here. Oh, we keep stopping here. Oh, there's kind of a barrier here. So then that tells you that that delta or the market orders are smashing into limit orders. Um, so again, that's objective, right? It's not subjective. It's right. what actually happens, right? Other thing. Um, we have to look for the clues to trigger a long or a short. It has to be objective. Doesn't matter. I'm not big on standard trend lines because I just think they're junk and they're relatively subject. They're very subjective, right? The lines I draw are very objective and very purpose based, right? Because I know algorithms respond to them. So we got to look for a means to latch on. Now, can you go to a five minute chart for me and let's analyze that uh, high of the day? Okay. So, what can you do here? You can draw an upward moving trend line and simply counter trend it, right? Because we, we, we've hit the high of the day. We typically will reject because that price is unfair for, for, for buyers. Um, you can, a lot of what I do, I'm, I'm going to take control of your mouse if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm a control freak. I can appreciate that. 
<laughs> you That's a good thing. Prices being intentionally pushed to the to the to the downside, right? So cool. Also, most people are so fixated with that high of the day that we forget this is unfair. This is an unfair price. Yes. Right. So then, okay. I to sell as high as possible. Just work inside of the accepted price parameters. All right, here we go. Now we can get a lot more specific with how we draw this line. There we go. Standard trend line. Right, we have this back into the range. Standard trend line. For me, this is the this is the highest probability entry. My stop can go right here. Six pips. My target can be where I see value. Right? So that way you latch on at the best price possible. It's subjective, right? You have a trend line break, you have a retest of the trend line, and then you have a drop. And we don't look back. And we just kind of rarely, but we just perfectly channel down, down, down because every single push up sold into. Push up, sold into. Push up, sold into. Push up, sold into. Push up, sold into. Right? Just get good or get really good at reading that because now we see the let up. Now the market's trying to rebound. Then look for your turnover. It's right there. Where do we have an agreement? Yeah, this is a good one because we have buyers in agreement, sellers in agreement. A very good one. And then just kind of where we're at right now. Actually, it's more like right here. There's another level where we have just overall price agreement. The market trade back into that. It's a crap time of day, but yeah. we're going to trade back into here. And we may see some consolidation, but then, again, to trigger along, we need objectivity, right? Again, I'm not the best at drawing standard trend lines, but you let a trend line break, and it's typically off to the races. So I'd say rely on your eyes more than you do the indicator because literally, like, I have to zone in. Like, I zoned in. I didn't see any of your indicator, right? Just zone in and read price from an, an objective point of view, right? And I think you guys both will get a lot out of accessing uh, value and in volume and, and, and get some out of it. The one thing that I do know that it's used by a couple funds is divergence, right? So then, okay, if you understand divergence, which I'm actually going to start studying here pretty soon. Um, I guess um, 52 traders agreed to teach me because he's probably the best uh, divergence trader I've ever seen. Uh, like literally <laughs> the best, the best that I've ever seen. And, um, because I know funds are using it. So it's like, okay, I need to learn this, but I'm not going to the internet. I'm going to a source. That was it. All right. So if you know divergence pretty well, again, you look for your low of the day, your high of the day, your, your, where you see rejection, look for some divergence. There's a guy in the group. There's a couple traders in the group that, uh, incorporate divergence in their work. Um, and just absolutely kill it. Ben's one of them. Um, 
his volume profile with divergence and the guy gets some killer injuries, like killer injuries. So there's value in that, right? Because it's, it's, it's used. Anything that you know or can validate is used um, by bigger traders is what you should do. Anything that's used by traditional retail traders, your baby pips crap, drop it. It's going to harm you more than it will help you. Well, Andre, that's um, a great summary. I think you've shared way too much, <laughs> more, more than you usually do, even though you usually share a lot. It's, it's a, it's a, you, know, you guys should be very thankful for being on here, I suppose, early. Um, other people are going to get to, uh, or pro members are going to get to see this anyway. Uh, and it's a shame that I think there was something wrong with the email that we sent out because somebody just came back to me. A second one for the other people. Yeah, we, we could we could get them back on. I mean, the thing there was a problem. Some somebody um, I just noticed an email bounced and blah blah blah. Um, so for whatever reason, they didn't get the link. But we'll we'll get some more people back on here and, and do another one uh, because I think it is quite insightful. It's interesting to see what you guys are doing, how you're approaching the market, and you know just getting different perspectives. And then um, I suppose having Andre sort of bring it back to what drives the market sort of the underlying thing and i've used this analogy before in the past where it's like uh, when i when i learned how to build websites somebody taught me how to use how to what a pixel was and how that sort of pixel sort of made everything up and understanding that sort of grassroots thinking and grassroots um sort of what the, the very basis of everything does help you have a better understanding of where price is going to go and, and ultimately give you a better, better entry and, and low risk entry, high probability, all that sort of stuff. So, Hey, look, thank you guys for, for coming on board. Um, are you guys trade? You guys, uh, you can unmute yourself, James. Are you trading mentors match off members? No, guys, no. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll, thanks for coming on. Cause what I'll do is I'll give you guys access to that. It's 21 episodes. Andre's on there as well. You can hear him training up uh, Phil Mullins over the course of like nine months, and uh, it's a great little listen. Uh, you hear two other mentors as well training up their students, so it's um, it's worthwhile um, taking a listen to. So I'll, I'll chuck that in your accounts, 52 Traders. So thanks for joining and taking part today. Really do appreciate it. I think it's been a massively insightful uh, session, and even I've learned a lot out of this one as well, Andre, even though you, you know, we sit down together quite often. Um, I've learned a lot out of this one as well. So I'll be um, thinking a, a bit more about what I'm doing and the current strategy that I've, I've put together. Um, any last words from you guys? Oh, just thanks for the opportunity to meet you guys. This is really awesome. Thank you. And stay on the, stay on for a little bit longer. We'll talk after the recording. Sure. Great. Okay, all the best, guys. And look, I mean, I want I want to see you guys back here on the show as guests, Profitable, teaching people, right? yeah, teaching people what you do, telling them what you do, talking about your journey. Okay, so Andre did it. He was on here in episode thirty-one, and then um, got him back on a, on an eighty-eight, and here he is now, like trading for a living, basically. Crazy, crazy. So it's doable. All right. Um, well, look, we'll end the show there, and uh, the guys who, have, who are watching the video obviously can see the, the charts and stuff, and um, everyone else, I'll do a little wrap-up um, so you know what to do next. All right. Thanks Thanks again, and thanks for, uh, for being critiqued in front of people. I appreciate that. That's not easy <laughs> to do. So. <laughs> well done, guys. Thanks, Andre. My pleasure. 
All right, folks, hope you enjoyed that. I really did. I thought it was brilliant. I think looking at other people and seeing how they approach the markets really does give you an insight into whether or not, you know, where you're at. Are you in the right spot? Are you not in the right spot? Um, all these sort of good things. So, guys, if you do want to watch the video, and I do thoroughly recommend it because it does give you a lot more insight into in terms of what they're actually talking about, and you can sort of, you know, see the charts there on the screen, then jump over to 52traders.com. It's episode 134. You're about to find that under the interviews. And uh, all you need to do is uh, register as a pro member and you're going to get to see the whole video there in front of you and what's more if you do want to take this experience um, if you like the if you like the sound of this experience and you want to have a go at it yourself then all you need to do is jump over to chartartisttrading.com where Andre is doing these free of charge so when he gets a few people together you'll run a session where you can get your trading diagnosed and uh, and Hopefully we can get some of you guys back on the show in the future as well. So until next week when we've got a, a trader you would have never heard of before. Trust me, this guy is not on the internet, all right? I've searched for him. I've searched for photos. I need to get a headshot of him. He's not on the internet. Uh, you've never heard of him before. And I'm going to get him on the show. He's going to be here next week. So stay tuned for that. All right, guys. Catch you later.